This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Green and White, the previously weekly Plymouth Argyle podcast. We're back and for some unknown reason I've been chosen as the new host with a face for radio and a voice for the bin. I'm Aaron and joining me this week is John. Hi Aaron, thank you so much for having me. And Joe. Afternoon, evening Aaron even. Getting ahead of me. And we're going to discuss uh, last weekend's 1-1 draw with Lincoln and look ahead to this weekend's trip to Burton. Discuss a few bits and pieces that have cropped up over the week, including Stephen Schumacher's contract. Everything else that's all a bit exciting. John, you and I were both lucky enough to be in Lincoln at the weekend to witness the draw. Did you enjoy a Did you enjoy a good post game trip to Pizza Express? Uh, it wasn't Pizza Express actually. We went with my uh, girlfriend's granddad, who is a uh, local to Lincoln, to a pub somewhere vaguely on the outskirts. Had a very nice lasagna. Um, yeah, it's nice. I think it's a nice away day, Lincoln. It's a lovely little town. Um, kind of a nice old ground. Pretty good home fans as well for this level, certainly for one of the, well, let's say not one of the bigger, bigger clubs at this level. Yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, def- definitely their home sport was, in- was incredible on Saturday. Like, the best that I've seen for a while. We'll just jump straight into it. Talk on Twitter suggests uh, from both sides that we were a bit lucky to pick up a point on Saturday. Their assessment or... Uh, I, I am a little bit more bullish about how we played than some other fans that I've seen or other Argyle Life contributors that I could name. Uh, who are actually, <laughs> um, one of whom, uh, Mr. Down, was standing near to us uh, in the ground and was fuming with the performance at times. Um, I, I, I thought we were okay. You know, I thought a draw was definitely a fair result, um, but I don't think that that signals any great calamity. Lincoln are unbeaten at home this season, albeit they've drawn, I think, all but one of those home games. They also beat Ipswich at Portman Road. You know, the top three in the league, or I think are pretty clearly the top three, us, Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday, have all failed to take three points off them. And we got the same result as Wednesday did there. It's, it's a tough little ground. It's an intimidating place to go. And I felt that we actually played all right. And I think we, we defended well. Um, Cooper's made a few good saves to keep us in the game. I, I think that one of those was an outstanding double save. The other one the other ones were at the other end of the ground to us, but I think they were they were good saves, not necessarily great ones. Um, we've also had a couple of chances beyond the very good goal that we scored. I think it was a, it was a decent game between two good teams. One team that's clearly very dogged and, and good at home, and 
one team that's still going well at the top of the league. Um, uh, so yeah, I don't I don't know if I if I thought we were lucky to get a point. I thought personally that it was the the right result from the game. I sort of echo everything that John's just said. I think I thought there was a wee bit of an overreaction on social media after the game. Um, I wasn't fortunate enough to um, be in Lincolnshire at the weekend. Um, so I had to make do with Argyle's excellent Argyle TV coverage afterwards, watching a full match replay. And I sort of went into it with a little bit of lowered expectations after reading what um, you could see in some sections of social media about our performance. But actually, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought... There was very little in the game. As John says, it was two decent sides. You can see exactly why Lincoln are hard to break down at home. I think Mark Kennedy's done a brilliant job given um, what Michael Atherton left behind. Um, I think if you actually look at clear-cut chances in the game, we obviously had the excellent hardy effort before half-time. Niall Ennis should do a lot better in the second half with the chance he gets. We probably had the, the two best chances when the game was a stalemate. Um, I think bar the goal mouth scramble and the Cooper double save in the second half, I couldn't really think watching it back where Lincoln particularly troubled us. We'd set a low bar the week before in Lincolnshire on a performance to improve upon. We'd definitely done that in a more competitive match. So, yeah, I, I think there aren't any negatives. There weren't too many negatives to come out of it. We gained a point. Ipswich dropped two. We yeah. we maintained the status quo with them. OK, Sheffield Wednesday picked up three points in their fixture away at Accrington. But, you know, it's not we've seen before with Sheffield Wednesday. They're not the most consistent side in the division. Um, but John is right. There are there are now three teams that are, are pulling away at the top end of League One, and I'm very happy we're one of them. Yeah, and if you contrast our result, a point at Lincoln, who haven't lost at home all season, with Ipswich's result, a point at home to a very dodgy Cheltenham side, or if I'm being generous, a very inconsistent Cheltenham side, I would certainly think that ours was the much better result of the two. Um, I think you're absolutely right to say they dropped two points, whereas we, I think, I think gained a point. I don't want to sort of talk about it as one of our best results of the season or anything like that. We're obviously a lot higher than Lincoln in the league. It would have been nice to win the game, but it's certainly a, a fine point. And I think Ipswich fans will feel, or then certainly looking at their reaction on social media, do feel a lot more frustrated. I, I do think that Grimsby game is important context for the Lincoln game, actually, in terms of the way that maybe the, the harsher Argyle fans responded. And I guess this is speculating to a certain extent, but I just wonder if we hadn't had that result the week before, if the reaction to this point would have been, Fine result, good battling performance, we move on. I just wonder if there was this kind of panic after the the terrible performance the week before that translated into this expectation that we would have to put in a big performance as a, a you know, to kind of compensate for that and, and maybe sort of raised kind of perversely both levels of pessimism about our general season, but also levels of expectation around the Lincoln game in isolation because it was seen as that, you know, we need a big response, i.e. a win, and we didn't get that. I kind of think if that Grimsby game had just been a narrow defeat or if we won or drawn or whatever, rather than going there and getting walloped, that the reaction in those more pessimistic quarters to the Lincoln result might have been more flavoured by the Exeter game before that. You know, we had a very good home win. We followed it up with a good away point in the league, a place that's tough to go. It, it did strike me as an overreaction. I do kind of think that Grimsby game in the middle maybe is an explanation for, for that to some extent. I would agree with that point in the respect that if you look at before the Grimsby fixture, we'd, we'd taken a, a battling point in a 
a pretty end-to-end game at Bristol Rovers in a in a tricky atmosphere. We we've got the the gritty win against Shrewsbury then on the Tuesday night, and then we'd gone and beaten Exeter on the Monday. So we'd been coming into that Grimsby game off the back of seven points in the league on three tricky fixtures for their own reasons. In the league, I don't think any of us have any qualms about the form. It's just the fact from a wider network of people, they seem to shine a light on the Grimsby 5-1 defeat and us seemingly dropping points from a winning position, although we all see it differently, that all of a sudden we're, we're a little bit rocky. I don't think we are. It's just, as John says, the, the Grimsby game is important context in, in where the season is at the moment. Yeah, nice. What, what, what do you think the difference was between the draw and picking up a win? Obviously, you mentioned Ennis's chance, which on another day. Basically, what I'm getting at is, do you think we missed uh, someone defensively, i.e. Dan Scar? A lot, a lot is... I mean, rightly, a lot is put on Dan Scar because he is probably our standout centre-half, although we have, in my opinion, five very good ones at the club. Did we? Would his influence have made any difference on Saturday? I'm not really sure it would. I certainly don't think he'd have been able to do anything to prevent the goal that Lincoln scored. Um, Lonvike gets a little bit excited and comes chasing the ball from the from the delivery in, but I'm not. I, I wouldn't put too much emphasis on Scar being absent absent on Saturday. Um, whether or not we feel that after Burton this week is another thing, but I just think. Whenever I don't think we're ever going to be a side that's going to go into a game and create 20 clear-cut, excellent opportunities. We're going to be very selective. We're going to be very patient in what we build. And we're going to have three or four very good quality chances. We had the goal that we scored. We had the um, half chance where the ball comes across goal and they managed to get a touch on it before Edwards can flick it on. We had the hardy chance before half-time and the Ennis chance in the second half. Other than that, we didn't really create a great deal in the game, but neither did Lincoln. And I just think people just need to cool expectations somewhat in respect to what players could bring to the side if they're absent. Don't get me wrong, I'd have loved to have had Dan Scar out on the pitch, but I'm not overly sure his absence was reflective in the result. No, I was just going to say, I think maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just I'm overreacting slightly. I'm, I'm a bit of a hothead, especially on a Saturday. Um, just to long bikes, you know, at, he's out of position and like just often forget he's 19, like 19, 20 years old. Like that comes with that comes with experience, right? And maybe I'm just thinking that that Scar there instead of long bike, we don't concede that, but like you said, we most probably still do. So, but would Scar have been in that position when the ball's yeah. being put across? That would be my caveat to that, and I don't think he would be. Well, mainly not because he's normally played in the middle, of yeah. I am. Um... My my yeah. big, my big fear actually is at the weekend was that we would do what Shuey has done or did when Scar was suspended a few weeks ago and play Lonvike in that centre of a back three where I think he's really dodgy. Um, hmm. I think he's a fantastic young player, clearly immensely confident on the ball for for a man of his age. Um, got some great attributes, but I think he's a bit weak in that kind of linchpin in the in the middle of the three. And I think you know Bristol Rovers, for example, they threw on a big lad up front in the second half and it really unsettled on bike in particular and, and changed the game. That guy got a goal within a couple of minutes and then suddenly Rovers are, are all over us. Um, and actually on Saturday, I thought Shui got it right. If I recall correctly, which is, which is to say that he put Lonvike as one of the 
um, at the outer centre backs and had Wilson in that middle of the three, that kind of Dan Scar position. Um, and I thought that made us really solid. Actually, I don't think that that goal would have had would have been any different necessarily if Scar was on the pitch. Um, you could argue maybe he would have closed the the guy who hit the ball down, but that's kind of conjecture because it could have been his job to be on almost anyone else from the corner. Uh, and if Scar had been in that middle of the back three, I'm not sure that he would have been in the Lonvike position, as it were, because Lonvike was not a like for like in for Scar at the weekend. Uh, exactly. So that that just seems kind of speculative to me to say that, that would have made any difference. And beyond that, I thought we defended tooth and nail really well and, and put in some battling blocks. And And actually, I thought it was probably the most solid we've looked without Scar in a game that I've seen um, in a little while. So I actually was quite pleasantly surprised that we didn't miss him particularly at the weekend. Um, but for me, the player we really missed was Finazaz, who I think is, for my money, one of, if not the best players in League One on pure technical ability. Barry Bannon is obviously a lot older and is a fantastic player, but I think Azaz has the quality to play at a much, much higher level than us. Um, and I think he's just got that little bit of something where he can kind of come in and out of games, but when he comes into them, he he can just produce an absolute moment of magic that can unlock a defence. And I think that was what we were missing on Saturday, far more than than Dan Scar at the back. It was just maybe that that little bit of, you know, je ne sais quoi quality in behind the striker to, to set up a chance. Um, I think Whitaker is a fabulous player, but I don't think he offers that kind of guile that Azaz has. So for me, if you know, if we missed anyone at the weekend, it was it was him. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with that, actually. Either, either Azaz or Mayer, really, but obviously Azaz. Well, yeah. What's that? You know, you know, Azaz. Whitaker and Ennis are fantastic players, and, and they, but they're driving players who run hard. Um, I mean, Ennis, Ennis, what actually kind of unfortunately gets a bit lost uh, is that, you know, he scuffed that shot wide, which was a bad miss, but actually he had set up his own chance with a fantastic bursting run forward, got us from one end of the pitch to the other really quickly. Brilliant run. Um so, so yeah, and then Whisker is a similar player. They're both very direct. I think we just missed that, as you say. Mayer would have been uh, welcome as well. But those two between the Mayer and Azaz just had a little bit more guile than than Ennis and Whisker, I think. And, and maybe that would have made a difference on on Saturday. I would I would just add very quickly that if we're talking about defensive errors for the Lincoln goal, the big one that does that I don't think is in the highlights package is Bally Mumba, who is the last man back from one of our set pieces up the pitch again, like he was against Exeter when he when we conceded a goal from that directly. I gave the ball away and they went up the other end and, and won the set piece that they then scored from. So it's an indirect responsibility. But if there's one thing defensively that he's looking at, for me, it's it's having Mumba as that last man back and just kind of teaching him if he's going to, because his pace is very valuable when he's that last man back, but just teaching him to maybe be a bit more ruthless and, and pragmatic and getting rid of the ball quickly in those situations rather than trying to always play it out. Because to my mind, he's now been caught twice. That's That's kind of cost us two goals in a few weeks, one directly, one indirectly. You feel a lot better with Joe Edwards in that position than you do with Barley Mumba. Well, I think I, I feel better with Mumba for pace, um, and I think Mumba can be can be told get rid of it. But yeah, in terms of a cool head, cool head that you sort of want in that last man back if they're trying to break up from a from your set piece at the other end of the pitch. Yeah, I think Edwards is is that kind of coolness that you want. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's literally what I was about to say is that, that I noticed that Lincoln and uh, exit that Mumba was the last man back, and I'm not sure he. Uh, he knows just to hit it. Um, just get rid. Route one. Um, so obviously, talking of Azaz, missing Azaz, and we now have a long, longer list uh, in the 
yeah. room. Basically, do we do you think we need to strengthen in January? And if so, if... I, th- I think the days of the Magic Fund are long gone. Do we need to strengthen? Yes, I think we all. <laughs> I think Schumacher all but admitted it admitted it himself this week that we probably need we need reinforcements. We need we need more troops to go over the top of the trenches to coin a phrase from years ago. I think. Ideally, I think we'd all probably like to see a bit of cover now on the left side, given Connor Grant has suffered that um, pretty serious injury. Um, I think we, obviously, the the crisis we're going through at the moment, given we play two number 10s and the fact we've only really got one fit, um, I think that probably highlights we could do with another one there. Other than that, I don't really think we need to panic. I think we we all agree we're pretty covered elsewhere on the pitch. We've got more than enough centre-halves. We've got three very good midfielders. We've got enough strike force up front who all goals when they can. I just think surely at the top of the shopping list should be a, a left-sided, perhaps more defence-minded player than Mumba and another dynamic, exciting Danny Mayer slash Finn is as hybrid to go in at number 10 as another option. I personally would love a central midfielder to to sort of slot into that Houghton-Randall-Butcher rotation. Presumably, Conor Grant would also have been an option for that. You know, those two pivot positions in the centre of the park for us, albeit someone who has played much more at left wing back in recent times than in the central midfield, but he did come in as a central midfielder, I think originally um just sort of think that having an extra option to slot into that midfield duo and not just three people who are the, the really plausible ones there would would give us a little bit more strength in depth in what i think is an astonishingly important position um you know sort of the, the, the basis that launches the attacking side of the team forward um to be honest i wouldn't, wouldn't really say no to a reinforcements anywhere on the pitch um, I would t- happily take a fourth striker. Uh, who, who, you know, if it's someone who can add something a little different to Hardy Ennis and, and Cosgrove, especially if Ennis is going to have to be dropping deeper and playing in that two behind the striker for you know for any significant length of time. But I, I kind of choose to look at this a different way, though. I think, which is to say that I don't think we've actually had a lot of luck this season. Um, you know, we've we've had injuries to key players, uh, suspensions to key players at difficult times. And as Sam Down, uh, you know, sometimes at this parish pointed out to me the other day. I think actually pretty much every team that we've played have either been a really good side for this level just on paper or, or, you know, someone you'd expect to be right up there. Obviously, we had that run of terribly tricky fixtures earlier in the season. But even since then, this kind of quote-unquote easier run has come against teams who have come into playing us in pretty good form. Um, And, you know, Burton on Saturday are in the bottom four for a reason, but I think they're coming in off a, a win and then a pretty exciting draw with Charlton. You know, they're not coming in off the back of five straight defeats or whatever they had earlier in the season when they were in really disastrous form. So I actually think it's a testament to how good we've been that we are still top of the league and pretty comfortably, um, given all the injuries that we've had. And so I, I agree with Joe. I don't think we need to overreact or panic in January yet. Like, good teams at this level are always looking for reinforcements, I think, always looking for experienced heads who can come in and do a job. But, you know, I, I think we've already proven that when when the you know, when the squad's looking a bit thin, we've got players who can come in and, and amply do a job already. You know, we're, we're there on merit and we deserve to be in. We've done it without having a, you know, unblemished run of injuries or 
uh, or easy games or whatever. It, we, we've had to really fight to be there. Um, and hopefully that can continue. Nice. And as you've already mentioned, Burton, let's uh, next weekend. Uh, and Ryan Bruins equalised with Cheltenham. But, uh, Ipswich, four points uh, behind us. Formerly of Burton, yeah, formerly of Burton. Yeah, didn't he scored against us, right? Yeah. Um, what what do you think of Burton as a potential banana skin under uh, Dina Mamria? Um, obviously, we've not. I don't remember us winning there. Um, having a quick look, no, I, I can't see. I can't see a win there. Um, seven visits, zero wins. Potential banana. I think every game at this level is tough, isn't it? Um, you know, not not to go into football cliches territory, <laughs> um, but you can't, you know, want to be careful about what I say because you can't take any team for granted. And Burton have had a couple of weird good results. Definitely have players who can who can hurt teams. That being said, um, I went to the nil nil there in April or whenever it was at the back end of last season, which was a disappointing result in my opinion. Um, in what I think was one of our easier games, if not the easiest in that in that run in on paper. Not that not that winning it would have actually got us in the playoffs in the end, but sort of felt like two points dropped. Um and we were a bit subpar that day. I, I think this Burton side this season are materially worse than that Burton side we played in April that stayed up, not in spectacular fashion, but pretty comfortably. There's a reason they are down there in the bottom four over the course of the season, just as there's a reason we're top of the league. And so I think anything but three points would be a very disappointing result. Um, I think if we turn up, we will beat them. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident to say, you know, confident enough to say that. Um, but yeah, again, weird results happen in this league. Weird result, results happen at every echelon of the football league this season, it seems. I don't think we can take anything for granted, but I think, you know, we should be the clear favourites, obviously, and there is good reason for that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think by the time we reach the end of the season and people have got fed up of listening to our antics, they are going to have one hell of a set of cliche bingo finished because <laughs> I can throw any one of them at you now to describe Burton Albia versus Plymouth Argonne Tassie and probably every single one of them is appropriate. Um, I don't have any, unfortunately, I'm underprepared. I don't have any stats or anything to back this up, but would I be right in saying they have picked up form quite significantly since Marmory has taken the reins like at the start of the season they were very much the whipping boys and everyone was queuing up with their baseball bats ready to have a go at them they, yes, they have yes and no. recently, they, they, they hit a rocky patch recently didn't they and they obviously got the the amazing 
three-all draw against Charlton at the weekend. Um, I did read today that Victor Adebayejo, the top goal scorer, and Mamria expects him to be back fit. Um, but it, it's sort of like, I was explaining this to a couple of friends last weekend, that, I mean, we have a massive target on our back here now for the rest of the season, regardless of if we sustain our form, if we drop off. Everyone will be desperate to take points off Plymouth Argyle. Just like Ipswich fans will be thinking about teams they go up against Sheffield Wednesday, the lot of them. Because we are, at the moment, we're the teams we hit at. They're, we're the teams we shot at. And Burton will raise their performance because they will want to be the ones to end the league leaders' unbeaten run. Do I think they will on Saturday? No. I'm quite happy to be partisan about it. I don't see any way that Plymouth Argyle lose that game of football. Um, there are obvious ways, obviously, we can lose the game of football. One significant way is they outscore us. Um, That's a football cliche. There's another one for you. Um, football is <laughs> not one on paper, but on paper, we are the stronger team. Um, I'm going to just chuck them in for free now. Um, we we have to get through this game because after this game, the hope is that Danny Mayer may be back in the squad for Port Vale. We obviously get that free weekend next weekend where presumably the players will, I guess, see very little of home park for a couple of days. Um, go away, recharge, wrap them in bubble wrap, do whatever the club have to do. Um, if we get through these, this game on Saturday relatively unscathed, then the hope is Mayor. I mean, we expect Gillespie to be back involved again at the weekend. Um, hopeful that those two will be very much in contention for Port Vale. We we shouldn't have any problems here, should we? Come on. You look come up against this unbeaten run. It's no disrespect to Burton, but they're in they're in the position they are for a reason. We're in the position we are for a reason. And surely the message has to be from Schumacher on at five to three on Saturday. You've got sixteen hundred fans behind that goal at that end. I'm not I'm not asking you to do anything after this for 11 days. Run yourselves into the ground, give everything and get the result. And His message is simple, surely. Get the three points, get out of there, recharge and get ready for the busy Christmas period after that. I think yeah, if I you look at Burton's form, sorry, just quickly, Aaron, since uh, yeah, well, over the course of the season, really, they just looking at it now, I mean, early on, they were leaking goals, lost 3-0 at Wickham on the opening day, 4-0 at home to Bristol Rovers. The week after that, um, then conceded four at Accrington as well in the next league game, uh, but also scored four. I remember that being a crazy one. Um, and yeah, ending in a four-all draw. Since since Hasselbank went and Mamria came in, they have picked up a little bit, not a huge amount. I mean, the, the wins they've got since Mamria came in, um, or away at Exeter, which is, a, I think, objectively a good result. But then they beat Forest Green at home, who are the only club in the league below them in the table currently, um, and also beat Cheltenham one 0 at home, and and that's kind of and got a point at home to Morecambe as well. So it seems like that's it seems like their points are by and large coming against teams in and around them. Um, they did get a draw at Peterborough last month, which is obviously a good result. Uh, but Peterborough a bit of a, a weird side who I think have probably underperformed expectations from the beginning of the season. Many pundits had them you know, as a kind of title-winning or top-two prospect, and they haven't been anywhere near that, you know, for me. Um, so, you know, they lost to Bolton 2-1, 4-2 at Sheffield Wednesday recently, had that 3-0 with Charlton last weekend. It's kind of anyone's guess as to whether it'll be 
you know, it'll be one of those games where <laughs> their defense is kamikaze and we just run rings around them and win three or four nil, or if they kind of bring their shooting boots as they have occasionally this season, or if I think probably the most likely outcome based on their general form is if it's just a sort of boring two nil away win. Um, I, I think I think I probably would if I had to stake money anywhere, put it on that that latter type of outcome. But I would I would thoroughly expect us to win the game. And while it's not a given, you know, it would be a, a very disappointing result to not to not go there and pick up three points. I think. Yeah, you're you're forgetting a very solid two 0 win away at Needham Market um, in the FA. Cup. But yeah, looks like it was at home to Needham Market, which changes everything. Yeah, of course, of course, home advantage. And, uh, Second goal in the week. game was only, was only in the 94th minute for Burton, so they were only 1-0 up against Needham Market for most of the game, although I'm not sure we're allowed to talk about FA Cup-related mishaps. No, I was going to say at least they made the second round, eh? But, um, right. yeah, I, I mean, you know, looking at this weekend, take a 1-0, get out of there. Like, I think you've got to remember as well last year that we seemingly had a very, very, very good goal randomly disallowed. True. Oh, yeah. Not saying it was round to us, but it, yeah, it looked it, didn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, you, you see Charlie's match day and even the highlights, and even now I still get flash. I still got it on my phone, actually, slowed down to a very, very slow level to, to prove the goal's existence, but I think that, I'll go blue in the face. Yeah, it was, because he went, he went screaming to the linesman on that side. Yeah. And the linesman wasn't having any of it, and it was Edwards. Yeah, it, it was it was yeah. just a goal. But we didn't get it, and the rest is history. That's last season, though. Why are we talking about the past? Should we should with uh, Schumacher's new deal? Um, huge. Is that like an American Aaron. history? Is that like an American history reference, Aaron? Sounds like it. Um, let's say yes. Uh, huge news coming out of the club today. Obviously, Schumacher signed a new multi-year deal, which keeps him at home park until twenty twenty-seven. Uh, since Jake in charge of Argyle, he's rejected an opportunity to speak to Huddersfield. Brom job, courted by Cardiff fans, uh, been in the betting odds for both the Southampton and Luton vacancies, and it feels he really is in this for the long haul. Uh, really deserved, don't you think? That's a very open, vague question, but I'll let you two do the talking. I I think, first of all, what, what should be praised in all this is Aaron's use of the word courted. I think the way you've shoehorned that into conversation is absolutely exquisite. Um, so have, just have a little bit of praise on the back of tonight's show. Um, do I think? Well, it's, it's obviously a it's obviously a massive thing for the the man who seemingly, perhaps even from an early age, that the owner took over from his tenure at the club. From the minute Schumacher walked in the door, Hallett identified him as a man he wanted to lead the football club. Um, and when he was presented with the opportunity, with the previous manager leaving for pastures new, he wasted no time in putting this man in sole charge of his club. Um, I don't think any of us would disagree that he has done a sterling job of it so far. Um, it's fantastic that He's here till 2027 and it, it gives us it gives us as a club and as supporters security that the manager isn't going anywhere um, anytime soon. But it also gives him security and his family security that even if nothing else presents itself, the football club have ambitions for him to be in charge for another four and a bit seasons, five and a bit seasons. So um, 
I don't see many negatives with it at all. If any negatives, I think it's a fantastic reward for a man who has put his heart and his soul into the job and will continue to put his heart and soul into the job. Um, and I, for one, can't remember um, not just the club or the fans, but mainly the city having such a rapport with the manager of the club that we have at the moment. It genuinely feels like there's a real feel good around the city where everyone not only wants the football club to succeed, but wants this quite shy at times, passionate scouser, or sorry, Evertonian, um, to do well in the job. And long, long may the form that he and the team are in continue. And I'm very happy to have Schumacher behind the wheel. I um I actually completely disagree. I think he's rubbish, and it's a terrible business decision from the club. Sorry, no, I'm, Sam joined. Sam joined very quickly. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure not needed more needed more disagreement on the pod. Um, no, I uh, I guess I guess like the only the only like note of pessimism I would legitimately sound is that obviously it doesn't mean that he won't go if a bigger opportunity presents its, itself. Presumably, this makes it harder. Uh, for another club I was going to say, presumably it gives the football club assurance that if another opportunity arises, then the football club are in for one hell of a compensation package. Yeah, it's hard, hard to know without knowing the exact details, right, I guess. But yes, you, you'd hope so, uh, and you'd think so. So, still was wouldn't it, what, necessarily that going. I, I, think, I think, though, that... Um, and I think it's... I'm not, you know, there's been contrasting rumours and reports as to whether he actually has been offered another job or not. Um, or you know what stage those talks got to with the clubs that uh, Aaron mentioned with his with his exquisite courtship uh, chat, um, but you know I, I guess I guess I my position through all of this has been that he would be stupid to leave at this point. Um, I think football history is littered with the metaphorical corpses of managers who left a job too early because they had a kind of lightning quick start to it. You know, it's hard to remember with Shuey that he's not yet a year into his managerial career. Um, Good point. You know, if he were to go to West Brom, certainly somewhere like that, obviously that's not on the table anymore because they've appointed Carlos Corporan instead. But if he had, had if he had taken that job, for me, it just smacks of huge expectation. And yet actually a club that seems to be on a downward trajectory, Corporan has kind of arrested that already a little bit. But they're not going to, you know, they're not going to, I don't think, bother the playoff picture in the in the championship this season, which... Alla a Rob Edwards, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, and Edwards, I mean, Sam Down is not here to vigorously defend the outstanding managerial talent of Rob Edwards. Let's just say I, me and Sam do not see eye to eye on <laughs> on Rob Edwards. But um, and I think, obviously, Watford is a complete poison chalice and it's sort of in its own league. But even a sort of stable mid-table championship job, I think he could have that with us. And I think he could have that with us much quicker than than you know anyone thought possible um maybe when he when he took over the reins and if if it were me i would want to stay and prove myself and and you know if if you know if he really is as good as we all hope and think that he is based on the evidence from this nearly a year of his managerial career then then you know he will continue to shine presumably and 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 do it with us and that's obviously great for the great for the club um but I think it's nice. I think this five-year timeline is is nice because I think it shows that the club is not getting carried. Well, I, I don't know if it shows this particularly, but it's it sort of could be interpreted as evidence that the club isn't getting hugely carried away. That we still have a kind of you know decently long time frame on the project that we're trying to do. And obviously, at the moment, we're running ahead of it by being 
pretty well clear at the top of League One for this stage of the season. Um, but it sort of shows that, you know, even if we don't go up this season, even if everything goes to pot in the second half of the season, we're still outperforming where we thought we'd be at this point, And we're still, we're still going to have that patience to try and build the club towards that kind of sustainable championship future. And, the, and you know, we've identified the guy to do it. I was thinking actually today with the contract news, we haven't really chopped and changed managers, have we, as much as, um, you know, certainly Watford, but, but you know, lots of other clubs that you could name. Um, our last several managers have all had really decent cracks at the whip, I think. I think we actually, for me, kept the faith in Derek Adams for too long. Um, you know, and obviously we all know what happened with that. Um but, but before him, Sheridan had a good crack at the whip. Adams had a good crack. Um, Ryan Lowe obviously was was in no way under pressure or under threat and chose to, you know, walk out gracelessly of his own accord. So I think it does show that we are a stable club to manage. And yeah, and I think and I think hopefully that should give Shuey some confidence that we really value him and want him to stick around in addition to just having that maybe that added layer of security that he isn't he isn't going anywhere. Um you know, he, his stock is hugely on the rise at the moment and, and he's being linked with all of these bigger clubs than us in the in the championship. Um, but football can, can change um, very quickly. And I think for him, it's, it's a great vote of confidence in him as well as being hopefully a great vote of confidence in us that he's decided to sign it. So I think, yeah, it, it's good. It's a good situation all around. I was going to say, I just want to jump in on two points that, that John just made there. And the fact that if you read and listen to Schumacher's interview on Argyle TV today, you you could really see how proud he was that he had been rewarded with his contract, that he had earned the support of the board of directors and the decision makers, that he was the right man to take us forward. And he sort of highlighted it himself that very much the process here is sustainable championship. It's not throw a load of cash at it, get us into the championship, and then let's just throw the dominoes in the air and see how they fall. If it doesn't happen this year, there's next year. And it was very much that towards the back in the last season that, right, if we're not going to go up this year, then we're going to plan and we're going to get better next year. And even now, even as we sit here on 42 points, if it doesn't happen this year, there's a process where we will improve and strengthen next year. And it, it's it's almost like a timeline. And going back to what you said about Schumacher and his career progression, I think it was, I, I don't think any of us were ever really shy from the fact that the previous manager always spoke honestly that he wanted to manage at a higher level he was always he's he is always going to be trying to get up the ladder as as quickly as he can and you know managers careers can be long they can be short and if you have the chance to climb the ladder you 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 take it um and if it brought him closer to home then it brought him closer to home but i i get a different feeling off this manager i think schumacher is very grounded He's a very level-headed individual. We know what he went through with the heartbreak of leaving Everton. He had to work hard for the brilliant career he had in the Football League. Captain in numerous. You know, he's had to work hard to get to this position. And I don't think, I don't get the sense that he would just throw it away just for an opportunity to go somewhere else just because it gets him higher up. Like He strikes me as someone who really works hard for what he believes in. And Hopefully, hopefully, the hard work he's putting in now will reap the rewards with our club and not somebody else. Yeah, he's a, a very different character to the previous manager, certainly. And I think that's always been, been the case, um, to speak euphemistically about it. But I do wonder if, if Lowe's experience subsequent to leaving Argyle 
has been instructive for Schumacher. Um, you know, Lowe's gone gone to Preston, done, as far as I can tell, a very good job on paper. Um, you know, taking them from sliding down the championship when he came in to being in the playoff places a couple of weeks ago, albeit, you know, with with inconsistent form and that kind of very quirky record at the beginning of the season of not scoring any goals. Um but, you know, I think I think he's he's at very least achieving what you would consider to be par uh, at Preston. And yeah, it seems like their fans hate him. Um or or at least did until a couple of weeks ago. I've not really checked in on on their social media since um since they lost a couple of weeks ago, but he doesn't seem to be flavor of the month up there. Uh, so, you know, I think it's just a lesson in the fact that you can go to a, a you know, a bit, I suppose, bigger club at a higher level to further your managerial career, but it doesn't necessarily translate into the kind of respect that Schumacher has built up here. And I think that does, that does count for something, I think. And let's, let's be fair. We all have firsthand knowledge and I refer the audience to Mr. Holloway, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Right. And Holloway actively... And if and if, you're, Holloway, if your head is screwed on as a manager, if your head is screwed on as a manager, you will know that if the right opportunity presents itself, then you will take it. But it is, it is pointless in just jumping at the chance to climb the ladder just because it's there. You've, you've got to work hard. You've got to earn that chance. And I think that's what Schumacher will look to do. Hopefully, he climbs the ladder with Argo. I don't think anyone would ever argue that. Um, but there may come a chance where that isn't possible. But hopefully, that's a long, long, long way down the line. Two thoughts uh, listening to you there. The first one you said about uh, a manager having such a connection with the city, and it, I instantly thought of Ian Holloway, Eaton's Tower, Green. Uh, oh, God, that could come back to bite. He never bought the paint, though. That was the problem. No. No, he never had the receipt for the paint. That was where that was his downfall. Yeah, true, true. And um, the the other one was the the only the only real job I Schumacher really going for was a was a Norwich or a you know I'm absolutely delighted that he's here. Um, and if it's just for the compensation, you know, get get us up and do what you want. Get us up wherever you want. I don't care. Like you'll have my blessing. Um, but just get us up first and foremost. Whether that's the year next year. The year after, just get us up. Yeah, and um, I'm sure that the new contract, as much as it's cause for relief today, will not stop Argyle, Facebook and Twitter uh, <laughs> buzzing with nervous, um, you know, fear if if not even when Norwich sacked Dean Smith and have to hire a new manager. I think he's going to continue to be linked with these kinds of jobs. Um, and as you say, there may be one where where it's just too enticing. So we'll see. But yeah, obviously on paper, it's um, no pun intended. Great news. Last thing, last but not least, a uh, very quick loan watch. Uh, Ryan Law of Gillingham uh, knocking out Brentford in the League Cup. That's that's basically it. Fair play. And also well done, Gillingham. Band, also, also alongside former forgotten Argyle man Stuart O'Keefe. Um, has his has his yeah. shot ever landed after Oxford, or is it still in? Is it still somewhere in the galaxy? It's it's most probably landed by now, but that's... I'd hope so. But I mean, it was travelling. In all fairness, yeah, I mean, travelling at a rate of not. with penalty, orbiting the Earth, I think. God. Right, let's call that a wrap. Um, cheers for cheers for coming on, guys, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for Look having me.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.